name's Chris Kavner, and uh, here we are. I've been meaning to uh, make a podcast for a while. So, it's just me, and maybe sometimes I'll have a guest, but who knows. Uh, here it is. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. And why uh, call it Cheaper Than Therapy, you're probably asking. Well, you know what? It just is what it literally is. It's, it's a way to crowdsource emotional growth from my fellow listeners and uh maybe if we could work out our problems we could help each other just overcome some of the bullshit that life has and guess what it's basically free i mean it just costs me a little bit of time and you a little bit of time but look that's that's basically it so yeah we're not paying a thousand bucks an hour uh i'm also not a therapist so you know Full disclaimer there, I mean, I have a lot of experience with it, uh, like, because I've been through treatment and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm I there's I'm not a Dr. Kavanagh, no, no, I don't think my family's ever had a doctor, so. This is the closest we've come. It's me, an actor who is bored with his career, so he needs to do something, but, you know, help people at the same time. Okay, so, what I feel like approaching today uh, on this episode, the very first, is, uh, like, basically, like, the general disdain for existence I slash maybe we all feel. Fuck it, it's just existence I have an issue with. Yeah, existence. Uh, yeah, existential crisis, whatever. So, like, um, I don't know. What are we doing on this, this rock you know, what? like, what are we really doing? Why are we here? These are all stupid-ass questions that I'll never have an answer to, so why even ask them? Where does this, this, this need to know why we're here come from, and why do we feel the need to figure out every goddamn mystery about our lives? Is it to find closure? Is it because the chase for answers is some sort of coping mechanism to prevent us all from being nihilists and suicidal? I mean, I've got some serious issues, and I'm going to address them myself, because after all, it's uh, Cheaper Than Therapy. Yeah, uh, that's the name of the show. I just did that thing where you name the show in a line in the show. Ah, I don't like that. I'm not ashamed of myself. I'm going to get over that. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know what? Let's move on. So, uh, I want to start it off, like, with my upbringing. Because I was brought up Christian. And, like, Baptist, to be specific. Uh, so I had, like, no idea that I was surrounded by, uh, Goody Two-Shoes. Which is actually, like, such a weird, uh, name for somebody. Like, Goody Two-Shoes. Like, you're better than me because you have both shoes on. Goody Two-Shoes. Anyway, so I had no idea that I was, uh surrounded by these, like, self-righteous people who were only doing nice things for others uh, because then they get to hoard riches in heaven. Like, what? Isn't that insane? I guess I may be alone on this, but uh, when I was a born-again Christian, I would literally do nice shit for people, not because I had compassion, empathy, or uh, care for my fellow man, but... I would do it because I thought I was pleasing Jesus, and in return, he would re reward me in heaven with spiritual riches. I mean, it was, it was, you know what, 
it was fulfilling in the sense that, uh, like, you get to do uh, something good, so you feel good about it. But still, I mean, in the back of my head or deep down inside, I was always expecting some sort of reward for what I've been doing here on Earth. On Earth. Oh, God. Yeah, English is hard. Uh, but still, I was expecting an, a, a reward. And, and, and what was I like uh, looking towards the end of my life because that's when I could finally cash in my eternal prize for being a good boy. No wonder I have some, like, morbid obsession with death. I was raised to believe that death was a good thing because that's where heaven is, and if heaven is the ultimate goal for humanity, then what are we waiting for? Hit me in the goddamn throat with a machete and let's go to heaven, man. God damn it. I was like 11 years old and I was thinking this. Like, oh, I can't wait to fucking die because then I'll be rich and happy. Insane. You know, I remember my niece one day, she had been through the, the same sort of like mental conditioning as I was, but I don't think they went to church. Uh, so... She didn't have, like, strangers coming up to him and telling him, like, you better go to church on Sunday or you're going to burn for eternity. So, like, lucky her. But still, she still had a, she still had a, like, a weird sense of whatever it is because, anyways, listen to this. So she's, like, eight or nine at this point and she, she's talking and she goes, oh, I, I can't wait to go to heaven because when you get there, you get to choose what you look like. What? What? Let me break that down for you. So what, what do we know? What do we know from this poor eight-year-old girl? We know that she already has an image problem. Also, what you wanted, like, you want to go to heaven because you get to choose what you look like? You want your mortal experience to, to, to end because of some sort of shallow construct that you've been adapting to your life? It's so sad. And like, and how vain, you know, what a bad reason to excuse the mortal fear of death. Like that's something that we have inside of us that doesn't, that shouldn't be pushed down because, you know, you get to choose what color hair you get when you're dead. That's insane. I'm assuming someone who is probably overweight and feels like they've lost control over their lives and feels like they need some sort of supernatural interference to excuse their poor health choices told her this and the worst part is is that this little kid believes or believed it and like that's not even in the bible that's not even fundamental to what christianity is about there's no book of makeovers in heaven that's mentioned anywhere in the new testament like there is no uh, uh, queer eye for the dead guy. Like, that, this, <laughs> this doesn't exist. And why can't you choose what you want to look like while you're alive? This is what is most mind-boggling about this, is that you can literally shape your body how you wish. Just pay attention to what you stuff in your mouth and what you do with your limbs. You know, eat well and exercise. Or if you want to look different, eat fattening foods and nap immediately after if you want to get bigger. You don't have to die, child, to get what you want. You don't have to, you don't have to end your life because that's, no, that's not how it works. This is, and you know what? If you can't work out or gain body fat or whatever, there's plastic surgery. All you need is the money for it. But that's not really where I'm from. I'm from the lower class. I can't, I don't have a savings account. This is, <laughs> what is it like to have a savings account? 
God, money's crazy too. But that's just because I'm I'm focusing on death a lot and I'm trying to talk about something else. No, let's go. Let's do the hard work together. Okay. But I do feel like death is like a defining aspect of existence. Also, like, why is suicide frowned upon by Christians? Aren't they all going to heaven? Aren't they all trying to get there anyway? Like, what's wrong with saying, okay, uh, fellow believers, I'm deciding myself to go now to heaven instead of letting, you know, heart disease uh, open that door. Is there something wrong with being uh, proactive about the end result? It's a sin to kill yourself. And I was literally taught that if you commit suicide, that you automatically go to hell. What, come, what, what, what sort of omnipotent, loving Lord would bring their child into existence, have it so unbearable that they need to end it, then confine them to an eternity of torture and abuse in hell? It's completely contradictory, and I don't understand it. As I get older and more educated, the less it all makes sense. But one thing is clear, that religion is a sort of uh, coping mechanism with this existence. Now, I'm not trying to say it's wrong to believe there's a higher power or you're religious or whatever. Because, like, who am I to say that something doesn't exist? But, and you know what? You can't even scientifically prove something doesn't exist, right? Like, I could say, like, God is a kangaroo, marshmallow-colored fart sound. And you can't prove me wrong, because, look, do you know? Do you really know? Anyways, all I'm saying is that my experience with religion, or at least um, congregation, is not a good one. And, and, if it works for you... Go do it, brother or sister. You you just remember, though, that your actions are being perceived by other people. And these people are impressionable people. And they most likely will trust everything you say or trust what you do. So please make sure that you're coming from a place of true compassion. And what you say to younger people, if you're religious, or if you are spiritual, because it is very, very confusing to live a life as I did in my child, late childhood and teens when I started to understand what death was, that was kind of like contradicting like, we have to live this life in order to get to heaven. But if we're trying to get to heaven, why can't we just die? Like, it, it really... And also the people in the congregation. Like, you're not going to know everybody you go to these uh, churches with. And these people will come up to your child or your sibling. And they will give them their opinion. Because they're all in a place of worship. And anything religious is is on the table for discussion. And guess what? Religious people make religious. Fucking everything. Everything. So they will say anything to your kid. And if it's in the name of God, it doesn't. It, it's fine. They're doing the right thing. And secretly, they're hoarding riches in heaven, which is insane. Also, I am not glorifying suicide, okay? I've, I had suicidal tendencies for a while, and I really struggled with it. <laughs> And it was only through going to literal therapy where I was able to free myself from
from its like its grips. And actually, in the end, I understood that I wasn't ever suicidal, but I just had thoughts that led me to think a lot about it. Like I attempted to attempt suicide as opposed to actually. Anyways, but it's a whole other uh, argument that I don't want to get into because, uh, yeah. So, uh, let's keep up with this theme of uh, existence we're talking about. Uh, so, 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 like, what do we do now? What do we do? What do we do now with our lives? How do we uh, cope with our finite existence? You know, is this like a coping mechanism? Do we merely just um, distract ourselves with stuff until our end comes? Is that why we created art? If we're just distracting ourselves until we're gone, then why is it that some distractions are considered worse than others? Like uh, going on social media versus going to see a play. Both are distractions, both filled with drama and stories told by people. But one, we consider poison for the mind. And the other isn't. I find that weird. But I'm just as guilty as the next person for, you know, feeding the shame that goes along with it. Like I said, I'm just venting or whatever because I can't afford a therapist. Uh, maybe this is how I'm coping. Is it fair of me to be dumping all my shit on you, my listeners? No, but, you know, I mean, you're listening and I, I, I hope uh, to have a reaction of some sort. Yeah, like I'm actually super open to interacting with you guys, like whoever listens to this. Just give me shit. I'm down. I'm not afraid of conflict because you you know why? I don't believe I'm necessarily right. I'm just sharing my truth. It's not the truth, and it certainly isn't your truth, but it's mine. Tell me I'm wrong. I'd love to chat chat about it. You know, drop a uh, a line on wherever you can contact me, and you know, it's just that that I'm down. Anyways, so uh, where was I? Like, if if existence equals distraction. Yeah, like, there's, like, a formula there. If existence equals distraction, then why are our minds so complex? Why are we able to notice shit like this? Maybe existence is merely um, perceiving what existence is. Damn, I just hurt my mind. Did I just prove whatever point I was making wrong? I have no idea. These are just a bunch of sounds coming out of my face, and, and I, I hope that... You understand what I'm feeling. Oh, that does not... You know, that sounds like something I would have said at 17 years old after ripping a bong. I'm just making sounds with my mouth. Do you understand? Oh, my God. But drugs. Hey, drugs are a big distraction. I've used them, abused them, quit them, and I'm definitely better off for it. Like going through the whole experience. I loved being high or drunk, and it gave me a way to cope with this uh, existential <laughs> existential stuff I was feeling. Uh, now, what I, I, I didn't think about uh, were the long-term effects of regular use of these uh, substances. You know, like depression, isolation, and uh, ultimately, you know what? I actually I drank myself into a goddamn psychotic episode where I thought I was hearing shit. Yeah, seven and a half years later, and I'm definitely still feeling that hangover. <laughs> but this isn't about me. It's about us and, and the experience we share called life. And life is what? What is life? Sometimes I'm thinking, like, is it just a sexually transmitted sentience? Like, sometimes I think about how we're all just, like, the last stage 
of evolution for our fathers come. And that makes me gag. Because that's what we are. Jizz in its final form. Gag, dude. I mean, I even have kids. And I think this is why I can say this with confidence. Like, they literally began, as we all did, in our father's nutsack. We were spurted out via an orgasm into our poor mother's body. And then some magic happens. Uh, I don't know, the baby cooks in there for nine months. And then slowly but surely, you end up one day... With an asshole on a bus who doesn't give a crippled person their seat. From orgasm to somebody you don't want to be on a public transit with. Or you end up being the one who complains about it, like me. I mean, we're all just the end result of someone else's orgasm. That's existence. Or at least that's why we exist? I don't know. That's a fact. Science! Ah, okay. Anyways, I don't know uh, how long these podcasts of mine are going to be. But I guess, I, I don't know, man. I think I should just wrap this one up real quick. I think, though, that if you have questions about your existence, then you should go and find a way to release those questions onto the world and see what comes back to you. Go at it with an objective mindset and let the fully evolved jizz stains we call our fellow humans give you a piece of their mind. <laughs> I mean, if you really need help, obviously seek it. I did, and therapy isn't for everyone. I know that, like, firsthand, but as with all sorts of self-help or whatever, you as a person have a uh, preconceived notion about whatever avenue you choose to heal your mental wounds. So unless you find out for yourself what kind of help there is, you can't convince yourself that it's the, the wrong way to go about it, just as you can't prove that something doesn't exist. Marshmallow Kangaroo Jesus, y'all. It's all connected. We're all connected. You know what I mean? Because we're just an orgasm that succeeded. Okay, that's enough of that. Uh, this is Chris Kavaner, uh signing out. I don't know how to end it. I just It just sounds weird. It sounds uh, contrived. Uh, so I'm going to make it sound contrived. This is Chris Kavaner signing out. And this has been Cheaper Than Therapy. Cue music. Cue music.